0: Hi friends, welcome to the Bible Project daily podcast. And we're in our between season couple of bonus episodes taking a break between having finished season five which was the book of exodus we just spent 50 days in there and on monday of next week we'll be starting off working together through the gospel of mark i do like to have a short break and place a couple of bonus episodes in between the sort of stuff i'm putting on patreon for those people who are supporting this ministry before kicking off in a brand new season i like to start a new season i died in bushy tailed on a monday morning So this is the second of three bonus episodes themed around the life and work of Swiss psychologist Jean Paget. Today we'll be diving a little bit deeper. I'll be hopefully providing a bit of a Christian critique of his influence and his research methods, and to see what he had to say on morality and how that sits alongside a Christian worldview. Then think about his influence on philosophy, and you might be surprised to know artificial intelligence, a key figure in the development of the earliest versions of computer linguistics. I'll then examine some of his main theories and consider them alongside a Christian worldview. And then tomorrow we'll come back and I'll be posting a episode with extracts from a series of talks I gave over two evenings some years ago where I analyzed Genesis chapter 16 using some of Paget's thinking to help bring some insights into understanding that chapter not using his theory to establish any form of theology, rather just looking at what his theory revealed in the light of what was very clearly in place in scripture already. So I hope you find this a little bit interesting, a little bit different, and it just gives me a little bit of time. This work has been pre-prepared for A talk I was giving at a local study group. So uh, it was quite easy just for me to very conversationally quickly turn it into a couple of episodes and give me a little bit more preparation time for the main project relaunching again on Monday in the Gospel of Mark. will remind you that he was born at the tail end of the 19th century and in fact born in Switzerland and worked actively until 1968 and died as recently as 1980. And his work was groundbreaking work. In many ways it laid the foundation for our understanding of how children's thinking develops. His journey from initially natural history, almost zoology, you might say, took him through to the fields of philosophy and eventually psychology, and many would say he revolutionized the way we see children's cognitive development progress. Though his ideas evolved and changed over time, his legacy continues to influence educators around the world to this day. Piaget's bottom line belief was that as we grew up, as we developed, our understanding of the world steadily becomes more and more complex. He explained these developments between his two main ideas of assimilation and accommodation, which we looked at yesterday. In the field of child development, he observed over the years many children and young people to try and test and see how knowledge develops. And he found what he believed, that all children, all people, went through different stages of development, building upon what they had already learned as they went along. And they would do this primarily doing actions and then reflecting, thinking about the results. And by repeatedly, recurringly repeating these actions and observing how things behaved or responded to them, children, people, as they developed, gradually gained knowledge and skills, and their way of thinking and their way of doing things steadily became more advanced. So really what Peget was saying is that his emphasis was on that individual's actively engage in constructing their own knowledge and understanding of the world. In other words, they build their own worldview based on experimenting and the influences of things around them. But he underpinned this by saying the purpose of it, the psychological driver for it, if you like, was always an inner attempt to achieve a state of equilibrium in ourselves and within the wider society through this gradual assimilation and accommodation of understanding. His idea on what he called individual readiness, that idea continues to influence modern teaching, methods, leading to a focus on active learning, problem-solving, social interaction, and that intellectual growth and education, particularly of young people. But one might say in an approach to education all your life, I think that it should be a sort of stages of progressive educational approaches based around the ability level and the adaptation of the learner. And this legacy continues to impact researchers, educators, even policy makers and politicians as they strive to create the best learning environments for children in the societies in which they're involved in. But there are some now who would criticise Piaget particularly because of his research methods. In fact, some would say he sits within that school of thought prior to the 1980s where there was no real scientific testing or model in the development of the field of psychology. So many of his research methods, even though carried out in the 40s, 50s, 60s and 70s, would be considered problematic by today's standards of not just psychological, but any form of scientific research. For a start, his studies relied on very, very small samples, and they certainly weren't randomly selected. For example, one of his most important books, The Origin of Intelligence of Children, was actually based in the study of just three children, and that included two of his own. So that means it's very difficult to generalise Piaget's findings and apply them strongly to larger population models. Also, his interactions with his research subjects were unscripted, which means this would have led to obviously clear variations in the conditions around the interaction with the children. So you've got real issues of consistency Across a research subject or some, which is very much the opposite of the idea of modern practices, where researchers would work off set scripts and the emotional content of the questioning would tend to be reduced as much as possible. Having worked as a social researcher for a brief period in the past, part of our training very much involved us sticking to the script and not emotionally reacting to the participants' responses to the questions. In other words, you know, what we might call a poker face, not showing anything that would in some way suggest that you disagreed with or ju- were judgmental or even agreed with what the uh, candidates were saying. This certainly would not have been the case in the way Pejé approached with his samples. And of course, Paget at that time as most people would have just would have relied on handwritten notes made in the field after the interviews. Instead of using either independent scribers or even electronic recorders, I would be used today to ensure robust data was collected. Critics would argue and say today that Paget's experiments did not adequately take enough control particularly in relation to the social contract of the selecting of the samples of the children or recognising that the development of the child could be very much linked to the social environment in which they lived, particularly in their use and understanding of language. So this would naturally lead to making conclusions which wouldn't really be validated or backed up interestingly when scientists more recently have tried to replicate page's experiments they noted that even small changes in the procedures could have bring about vastly different results and this in itself must challenge piget's interpretations of his test findings but in spite of these criticisms and in spite of the fact it no longer is being con- considered fashionable and is not taught in terms of the application of his methods in the most recent fields of child psychology, his actual soft influence remains extremely significant by the fact that his teaching methods, for want of a better word, have been adopted by many educational systems around the world. So whilst many aspects of Piaget's theories are no longer accepted by mainstream psychologists, his legacy as the founder of what we call today developmental psychology is widely acknowledged. Many educators today would still use Piaget's theory to try and help understand their students and how they worked as learners, because his approach focuses on the individual and encourages active construction of knowledge and teachers who adopt this approach, consider each student's unique qualities, abilities, attributes when planning a curriculum that's person-centered, and the desire would be to provide as much as possible hands on experience, take student insights and value them, feedback, nurture their curiosity, and create an engaging learning environment, one where the student or the child feels safe. He was a strong early advocate of what is called teacher praise as a way to serve as a positive reinforcement for students who are learning. However, it has been recognized today that many would say that once students get into the adolescent phase, students prioritize social connections with peers much more and in fact would go the other way and would actually no longer value respect or praise from a teacher because they begin to see them as authority figures. But let's be clear, Piaget's work influenced greatly changes in education, particularly during the 1970s and early 1980s. And he is the key man in developing a more individual, child-centered approach to education. He was the one that was really the first to recognize the importance of fostering individual creativity and these led to innovations in education rather than teaching by rote and conformity ruling the classroom. However, it's important to note that there have been some misinterpretations of Peugeot's theories in education by leading some to sort of leave students to their own devices to the point of not providing sufficient direct instruction, which is seen to negatively impact particularly on low-achieving students, not recognising the fact that there are some who need much more guidance and support from their teachers to make meaningful progress in their learning. Thinking a little about Paget's teaching on morality... Fizé's theory of morality is important because he defined morality as something based on philosophic principles, things that he called universality and obligation, rather than being cultural norms, which suggests, of course, that morality, therefore, is something that exists outside of us in and of itself. He believed that moral development happened through the interactions among everybody, with everybody, rather by being directed by human authority figures. He believes that our peers, the society around us, plays a crucial role in shaping moral concepts such as equality and justice. His theories and his research on morality had a significant impact on his subsequent work on moral development but he continued right up towards the end of the 20th century and his theory of revealed moral development have been used to examine the development of religious ideas as well as scientific thinking recognizing stages of understanding in the development of faith and the moral judgment as applied in different historical periods and interesting, Piaget's thinking has also been used to explore the origins of human intelligence, which in turn led to a significant impact on the field of early computer science and the development of artificial intelligence. A guy called Papert uses Piaget's work when creating the Logo Programming Language, one of the earliest computer language, and a British computer scientist named Alan Kay based his concept of the Dynabook programming system on Piaget's theory. And the discussions around this concept led to the development of the Alto prototype, which explores elements of the very first graphical user interface, the GUI. The understanding of the way in which we interact with technology, leading to the development of on-screen icons and even ways of ...manipulating data on the screen with the use of a mouse and the like. By people interested in studying his models of how we learn... ...was applied to machine learning and the creation of the very earliest user interfaces... ...in computer language, mostly done in the 1980s. But in spite of all this, Peze's theories have faced criticism for various reasons... Some argue that different cultures prioritise different social interactions, which challenges Piaget's idea that development must follow a specific order. Others point out that Piaget did didn't fully understand the underlying mechanisms of information and how we process from one stage to the other. Over time, alternative theories of child development have been proposed and many modern research findings challenge Piaget's ideas. While supporters of Paget argue that his critics sometimes misinterpret his theories, it's clear that his work has significantly contributed to the development of psychology and to our understanding of how children learn. However, when considering some of his theories from a Christian perspective, there may be certain aspects that raise concerns or require thoughtful consideration. So thinking about Piaget's worldview versus a Christian worldview, one of the key areas of potential concern is Piaget's emphasis on the individual construction of knowledge and the relativistic nature of moral social development. From a Christian point of view, there is a belief in an objective moral order, a standard that's rooted in God's character and revealed through scripture. Piaget's theory, which suggests that children create their own moral ideas based solely on personal observation and peer interaction, many would say would conflict with the whole concept of there being an absolute moral truth. Furthermore, Piaget's theories implies that children's cognitive development might progress almost independently of external influences or guidance, which of course would include religious instruction. This raises questions then about the role of faith and the importance of religious education in a child's overall development. One might say their overall moral development. From a Christian perspective, the role of spiritual formation and the influence of Christian values in shaping a child's understanding of the world would be considered absolutely essential. Another point of contention may arise from PJ's focus on biological and cognitive development he puts much less emphasis on the spiritual dimension of the human experience. Christianity recognizes the holistic nature of human beings and that it encompasses not just physical and cognitive aspects, but also that there is a spiritual dimension Piaget's theory, while valuable in understanding how our brains develop and grow, they do not capture the spiritual aspect of human development in any way, which is an integral part of the Christian worldview of what it means to be human. It is worth noting that many Christian scholars have engaged with Piaget's theories and integrated them into a Christian framework. They sought to reconcile his ideas with Christian beliefs, emphasizing the role of God's grace and the work of the Holy Spirit in this developmental process, leading Christian scholars of his work to highlight the importance of a spiritual formation and foundation needed to be part of our ability to reach a comprehensive understanding of human nature, something that incorporates into both our cognitive and our spiritual dimensions. An area where the Christian worldview and Jean Piaget's theories do share some common ground is what we would call schemas, and his ideas of equilibration. Both share common elements in their understanding of knowledge, growth and development. The term schema is an important one. In Piaget's theme, a scheme is a mental framework, or a structure that organizes and interprets information. Similarly, from a Christian perspective, we as individuals develop cognitive frameworks or schema based on these beliefs values and understanding of the biblical teachings, and these schema shape their perceptions and interpretations of the world. Also, his idea of equilibration, in which he proposed that cognitive development occurs through this process of seeking to maintain a balance between our existing schema and the new experiences that come in. Well, in the same way, a Christian worldview recognises the importance of spiritual growth and maturity, And Christians should always strive for a balance in understanding of their faith by always being willing to integrate new knowledge, new experiences within their existing belief as they progress on their journey of faith. And this, of course, this faith journey leading to a deeper and further revelation of God is exemplified within the journey motifs of these earliest biblical stories, the faith journeys of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Moses, etc., You see, both Piaget's theory of equilibration and the Christian worldview acknowledge, I believe, that growth and transformation occur over time. That God not only works miraculously, but that he also works continually by natural means. Natural means that we incorporate and experience as we travel through our life together. So Piaget's view of cognitive development was, in a sense a journey through reflecting, a progressive journey through reflecting which led to a sequential development of cognitive understanding. And I would say from a Christian perspective, individuals are seen also to take a transformative journey of faith where they spiritually mature, they have an ability to understand deeper spiritual matters, meet as the New Testament describe it, as opposed to milk, and thereby develop a deeper understanding of God's truth. So in a a sense, part of both what Paget said, and I believe what Christianity says, that our knowledge and our understanding and our outworking of God is actively constructed by us as individuals going through the living faith whereby we interact with the environment which is exemplified in the phrase that we are followers of Christ, that being a disciple means being a follower of Christ, more than just statically believing in him, but actively making a decision to base our life upon that journey of following him and his example. The Christian worldview emphasises the importance of active engagement with the world in order for us to understand and incorporate the biblical teaching into the everyday life and develop at a deeper level our personal relationship with God. Because in that process of that journey, we are constantly in the state of gaining additional spiritual knowledge and understanding of how our actions and the reactions of the world around us and the events around us can be incorporated and develop and deepen our view and understanding of things. Paget talked about it in terms of assimilating new ideas into existing schemas and adopting those schemas to accommodate the new experiences. Well, similarly, in a Christian thinking and a Christian worldview, all of us are encouraged to grow in our understanding of God's truth and adapt our beliefs and behaviours in the light of those lived experiences. Having said all that, it's important to note that there are parallels. Yes, there are parallels between Piaget's theories and a Christian worldview, but there are also areas of real potential tension and difference. Of course, Piaget's theory focused primarily on cognitive development, how the brain develops and how we think, whereas a Christian worldview encompasses a much wider spiritual growth and linking it to the moral formation of us as individual people and the societies in which we live. And Christians, of course, would also consider the role of God's grace and the influence of the Holy Spirit as being key in that developmental process, which is something which goes way beyond anything Piaget's theories would ever seek to address. The important thing, I think, to say is that people like Piaget and other philosophers and psychologists their understanding of the human condition, all of them, all of these ideas, all of these theories can be used to help illustrate or to, in some extent, throw light and illuminate doctrine, but they can never be used to establish Christian doctrine or theology upon. I believe that Piaget is one of those psychologists whereby we can use some aspects of his theories to definitely throw A light on a christian worldview and provide us with some insights in how we as individuals grow and learn and how we as individuals can develop both cognitively and spiritually it can help individuals integrate their faith with their understanding of the world around them and indeed can i believe throw some lights on how we exist as whole people So I'll just close off what I'm saying today, that while Jean Pizet's theories have stood the test of time and provided some valuable insights into child development, any comparison and compatibility with Christian perspectives requires discernment and a critical analysis. We have to remember that aspects of his teaching, such as the relativistic nature of moral development, and of course his neglect of the spiritual dimension of the human condition, mean that we need to operate with extreme caution if attempting to integrate them into Christian beliefs and values. In other words, use them, as I said earlier, to define theology rather than to throw light on what is plainly expressed in scripture anyway. But I think it's fair to say that some of, of his understanding of how children develop and how they should be encouraged and educated, do line up very comfortably with Christian values, and probably have led some, particularly over the last hundred years or so, to develop a deeper and more individually centred understanding of how children actually develop and how they can be encouraged, which seems to me fit nicely with a Christian worldview. Okay, that's it for today. I'll come back tomorrow with this Bible study on Genesis chapter 16, where I'll bring in some uh, Pizzean ideas and thoughts in my interpretation of it, particularly this idea of the equivocated state. So with that all said, I'll say bye-bye for now, and I'll see you back here tomorrow. Bye-bye now.